Hello and welcome to the first Mooncast, the first Moonstone podcast. Um, this one is a introductory episode. So I'm going to talk to you today a little bit about me, about my gaming background, so you know sort of where my opinions uh, come from. And I'm going to talk about the kind of things we'll do in the podcasts going forwards, what they're for. And I'll obviously run through how I got involved in Moonstone to start with and my general feelings about the game. I wouldn't necessarily talk about anything specific, just sort of general musings, as it were, and try and take you up to where I am sort of now with my Moonstone playing and involvement. I'm recording this just sitting in my front room with a cup of tea, so I apologise for any background noise you might hear, like cats or the Bane monitor beeping or anything like that, or me drinking tea, like now. Ah, can't do your podcast without tea. Um, so first of all, me. Um, so my name is Dan Humphrey. Um, some of you will know me as one of the two faces or voices of Ye Olde Battle Reps, which is a YouTube channel me and my friend Jack run. We've got quite a lot of Moonstone content up there already. Battle reports, I've done some hobby reports about... Um, humans, goblins, uh, there's obviously the tournament video, there's the Games Expo video up there at the moment, and I've also shared in our Moonstone playlist other channels, Moonstone videos as well. So I started uh, gaming when I was a kid. Uh, I can't remember exactly how old I was, between 8 and 9 I think, and then stopped when I was about 13-ish. Um, back then... Uh, I played only Games Workshop products then. A lot of 40k, or have a fantasy at the time. Um, also played a lot of their skirmish games, so we played Gorka Morka, Necromunda, Mordheim, played Blood Bowl. Um, I think I played some Warhammer Quest as well, when I was a kid too. Um, I was about 13 or 14 or so, we stopped playing, stopped collecting. Uh, I can't remember why, we just did. And then picked it up again when I was about 22, I think 22. Um, me and Jack actually moved in together. Me and my, well at the time, girlfriend, she's now my wife. Uh, we wanted to save some money, so we moved in with a couple of friends, Jack and Christina. Uh, we were saving money, we moved into the house together. And me and Jack, obviously he used to play Games Workshop games when he was a kid too. And we decided to have a go at doing some more again. Uh, we started with 40k, but we quickly dropped 40k actually when we first started playing again and played Warhammer Fantasy instead. We played only Warhammer Fantasy for a good three or four years, um, at least. And, if, and certainly if you look back at the oldie battle reps and look at our first, well, probably our first 20 or so battle reports, they're just Warhammer Fantasy 8th edition. And um, when we first started that channel, it was just a way of us recording our games. We weren't particularly interested in subscribership or anything. It was just, it was for us, and that was it. And uh, we yeah, it was good fun. We, we played a lot of games together, just in the, in the, in the house that we lived in. Um, and then when I moved in to my own house with my, with my wife, we played games there as well. And we gradually built up bigger armies, bought better battle mats and better terrain and things, but it was still all fantasy-based. All one fantasy, we didn't play anything else. We played, started playing more time, 
Um, we could obviously use our fantasy models, so we then started playing a lot more more time as well. That was good fun, and we've still got an ongoing more time campaign with various war bands. I've got uh, vampire vampires, um, a couple of chaos ones, and a human one, and a goblin one. That's got dwarves and skaven and a couple of others as well. And then, essentially, what happened is Age of Sigma happened. And to start with, we hated it. We absolutely hated it, as a lot of avid Warhammer Fantasy fans did. We did not like Age of Sigma at all. So that kind of put a bit of a dampener, really, on our experience with Games Workshop at the time. And we pretty much dropped Fantasy altogether, and we started looking for other games to play. And one of the biggest games we started playing was Guild Ball. Um, I found it, as it were, all two of us, shared it with... Um, Jack, we played a lot. Shout out my friend Jason. He now plays it an awful lot. Um, doing very well with it. He's a very good player. We played a lot of Guild Ball. And again, you can see that on the channel. You can see the progress a bit. If you sort of looked at our videos in time, in chronological order. Um, we played a lot of Guild Ball, both season one, two, and three. Both, all three. Um, we also picked up a bit of Beyond the Gates of Antares, which... We liked the look of at the time, and the basic rules for the game were quite cool. We quite liked them, but and the models we really liked, really liked that, and the background was really fun. But the 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 issue we had with it in the end is that it was just far too complicated. Um, there were too many weapons that did different things, and you couldn't remember it. And every time we came to play the game, we couldn't remember what did what. Um, another game we also started playing at the time was Bushido. Same kind of issue. Models were amazing. Loved painting them. Um, the basic rules for the game were really good fun. You have different kind coloured dice that you use and you selected how many you wanted to eat and then you rolled and you it was all roll-offs and that was good fun. But again, so many other extra rules, unnecessary rules that um, were really complicated. Like the poison rule was really complicated to Bushido and the flaming rule was really complicated and everything was different. It was always it was always very complicated. And because with time we were, we were starting to play a lot of different games, we are still playing Fantasy, we were playing More Time, Guild Ball, playing Bushido. Um, we were making up some of our own games at the time. Um, and with Elfie and Taurus as well, we couldn't remember how to play all these different games. And we sort of gradually phased out Bushido, really, when we just realised we weren't playing it very much and we were playing more Guild Ball anyway, so we focused more on Guild Ball. Same with Gates of Antares. Um, Gates of Antares truly disappeared when we started playing 40k again which we only started playing in the most recent edition of 40k but that was a bit later but we we definitely got rid of um, Antares because it just didn't really we could never really be able to play we never really wanted to collect any more than we already had um, I had a little dabble with Dark Age as well uh, that was good fun but Jack was never interested in playing it so we never really got off the ground and um I don't think anything else we played. Um, I think that's, that's pretty much it. We, we we played a bit of AOS skirmish. We did try when General's Handbook for Age of Sigmar first came out. We started playing a bit more. We tried it again. Then we played a couple of games. We didn't mind it, but we weren't huge fans of it. Um, I actually did buy a whole Tazich army because I was thinking of playing it with someone else, but then kind of dropped out of favour with it really. So I sold off some of that. Um, we didn't play fantasy again for a long time. We still haven't played fantasy for a long time. But that's kind of where we were at, at the point of Moonstone coming Kickstarter. Oh, the only other game actually we did play 
was Bowers and Badgers, which um, we both really liked and we do still really like. We don't get much time to play it, but models are great. Gameplay is simple, but very effective. Um, so that's another good game too, but we don't play it that often, unfortunately. So anyway, that's where we were at when Moonstone Kickstarter came out. Now, it was actually my friend Jason, who I introduced to Guild Ball, who introduced me to Moonstone. He found the Kickstarter. He was obviously at that time again. He was looking for a different game to play. Um, both of us had been big fans of Terry Pratchett when we were kids, and there was certainly that that feel about the models when we were looking at the Kickstarter. We both really liked it. We decided to go halves on backing it. Um, to start with, we backed the just a full starter set, so it was all six or seven humans and goblins, plus obviously stretch goals, but that's what we backed to start with, um, and then we thought about, you know, in the pledge manager, we'd, we'd probably add some more, um, but uh, yeah, so we, me and Jason backed it, and then when it got near to the backing being fulfilled, Jason had kind of decided he wasn't really interested in it anymore, which is fine, he, he still offered to pay his half. Um, I said, actually, don't worry, because I'd already paid for it. I said, that's fine, don't worry about it. I'd rather keep all the models. <laughs> um, I actually added the fairies, the full fairy set, to my pledge. Jack decided that he wanted to get in on it at that point as well, so he added the gnomes into my pledge as well. So, um, And I also thought, at that point, I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go with all of it. So I then got, got, got to gut Boulder and the fire splitter as well, backed everything. Um so we got the we got the we got the full set, we got the full works. And then obviously wave one arrived, um, built it pretty quickly. Um I painted up all of the goblins and humans that came with it. And we started playing some certain games and filming filming them, which obviously you can see on the channel. Um we very quickly warmed to the game, not just the I mean we loved it, we were looking at it on Kickstarter. I mean, it's hard not to with names like Baron Von Fancy Hat and Doug the Flatulent. And the models are amazing. Um, some of my favourite design models ever, hands down to, to Tom um, for designing those models. They are phenomenal. And um, and actually for a Kickstarter, they, they came out really well. Yes, there were a few um, improvements required, things like Doug's Lance, Diana's staff, issues with that, which are, which are being fixed in the currently. I actually never had any issues with any of those. None of my stuff ever broke, so that was fine. Um, but I really enjoyed painting those models. Um, some of my favourite models I've ever painted is the Moonstone collection that I own. Um, so me and Jack started playing a fair bit. It was obviously, to start with, which was Humans vs. Goblins, and we made a lot of mistakes playing it to start with. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with actually how the rules are written. I think they're written very clearly. Um, but yeah, we just it was a brand new game. We were going to make mistakes. And... We loved playing it. Um, it definitely became quite quickly our new favourite game to play. Um, took over from just about everything else we were playing at the time. We pretty much ditched Guild Ball for it completely. Um, more time went out the window a little bit. We just focused very much on Moonstone because we loved it so much. It was so different from everything else we had played. Very unique combat system. It's still uh, currently by far my favourite method of doing combat in any game. Um, so much more intuitive, so much more practical and logical than any other combat system involving dice I've ever seen. The only one that comes a bit close actually is probably Bowers and Badgers. 
that's got a nice combat system as well. But I still think Moonstone is my favourite, um, the way that works. Um, I also obviously got the, the book and the narrative behind it is great, so well done to, big, big well done to Richie and everyone else contributed to the to the book. Um, it's, a, it's a lovely book to own. Um, the, the narrative story that runs through it is really engaging, I think, and although I'm not going to say it here, I, I know what else happens and it's, it's, it's going to continue to be really engaging, which is really exciting. Um, and the background on every character is really interesting, it's well, it's well thought out. Um, and so then obviously Wave 2 arrived, we got Fairies and Gnomes, we played more of those. Um, we put up more videos, we were contacting Tom and Richie at this point. They were talking to us about our videos, they really they were really pleased that there was a channel out there really positively putting out material about Moonstone, helping to promote it. Um, they really liked what we were saying. Um, that kind of built from there, sort of started talking to Tom, Tom particularly, but Richie as well, about what we thought about the game, uh, uh, etc. And then um, they wanted me to come to Salute, that was in... 2018 salute couldn't make that one because it was the same day as my daughter's first birthday but I did then go with them to the UK Games Expo which was really good fun I put a whole weekend with the guys um, promoting Winston at the Expo which was really interesting lovely to talk to meet them both for the first time and talk to them a lot about Moonstone and where it came from um, how it progressed etc etc and it was fun to meet lots of new people who were playing it and interested in it um, I'm not sure how happy we were with the sales, but certainly with, with the responses people gave us when they playtested it, not playtested when they played it, it was always really positive. Um, and it was a really great experience for me as well to go with them for that. So thanks a lot, guys, again, um, for inviting me to do that. And that was brilliant. Um, so since the expo, um, we obviously continued to play it quite a lot. Um, I ran my first tournament in July. August, August, not July, but in August, worked very well, and a second tournament ran in December, um, which also went well. I unfortunately couldn't actually run a tournament myself because um, my wife was in hospital, getting ready to give birth to my second child, so that's it's fine. Jack ran it very well for me, and everyone enjoyed it. Um, I think it runs very well as a tournament game. Actually, I think people think that it couldn't run as a tournament game because of the way the combat system works, um, but actually. We played it as an hour and a half per game from after the Moonstone drop and after after deployment and not a single game, I think, timed out. I think one just about did, but that was only because Tom wouldn't stop talking about it, <laughs> which he, he knows that. He doesn't mind me saying that. Um, yeah, still still absolutely love it. Love playing it. Uh, fairies are my go-to faction at the moment. Um, I love their shenanigans. Um, they they really can mess, they really can mess up people. Um, I'm not going to talk particularly about the four different the current four different factions um in the game or the two obviously main. Like I'm not going to talk about Dominion or Com Commonwealth at the moment. They'll that'll come in later podcasts. Um, so that's where I am now at the, at the moment. I'm also which is really nice. I'm helping out a lot more with some of the development of the of the game as we're going forwards. I've helped write some new scenarios for book two. Um, I'm not going to mention them on here. Um, the only one actually that I will mention is Stone Circle, which I'm mentioning it because it's already out there. It's on our uh, channel. 
um, the game you see on the channel, if you if you watch it, is it's been tweaked and sent slightly to make it more appropriate and more balanced. Um, and actually, talking about the word balance, that is one of the things that is really brilliant about this game. It's so balanced. Every character has got value. Every character um, is useful. I love the fact that there's no points values, um, but there's also no... Well, with the exception of a healer, there's no necessary auto-includes. Um, everyone's got to take a healer, so if you're playing goblins, you're going to take Beaky Bobby, because he's currently your only healer. If you're playing fairies, you're going to take Freya, because he's your only healer. Um, if you're taking gnomes, you're going to take uh, Mama Gimbal, because she's your only healer. Um, humans have got a few more options, but yeah, okay, you, that's, that's your auto-include. Apart from that, you've got a lot of options. And those are options are going to be increasing significantly in Book 2. There's a lot more characters coming out, which is really going to expand people's uh, possibilities, um, including um, what's really interesting, exciting about the next wave of stuff coming out, is that in the first wave, as I'll call it, um, the Kickstarter stuff, essentially, you do most people tend to stick to the factions, goblin, playing goblins or fairies or humans or gnomes, with maybe the odd one or two thrown in, but... Most people seem to stick to those those factions rather than playing a mixture in Commonwealth or a mixture in Dominion. But the book two characters, there, there will be a lot more mixing available, which is really exciting. Um, so, yeah, it's been really fun to help out Tom and Richie with pushing the game further. Um, I've obviously joined the Goblin scheme. Um, goblin number one, I guess. I think I'm Goblin number one. The first, the first Goblin, which is really um, a real privilege, actually, to be out there promoting the game. Um, also working now alongside the Games Table in Norwich as well. Really, really great venue. I know it's not what this podcast is about, but um, Kieran, who runs that, it's a new a new venue. He's really positive about Moonstone. Hopefully going to stock it soon when it comes out um, to retailers. Ran both my tournaments there. I've run other demo run two, three demo days there as well, as well as other, other Moonstone evenings, which have gone well. And he's really welcoming, and it's a really positive um, atmosphere in, in that in that game store. So very lucky, very lucky to have that, actually. I think it would be harder to promote this game the way I have without the game stable there. So big shout-out to Kieran. It's, um, it's a great venue. So in terms of the last thing we talk about is what this podcast is going to be for in the future. Um, what I'm not going to do is promise anything at all because uh, I'm a very busy person. Uh, I'm a full-time primary school teacher, which is very busy, and I'm a father of two children. So I'm not going to say this is a weekly podcast or a bi-weekly podcast. It's going to be whenever I can fit it in, essentially. Um, some podcasts will be faction focuses. I've done some of those on the channel and I will do more of them on the channel still as well, filming it on the channel, but I also think it'd be nice to just have a chat about it. So some will be just me and Jack, for example, chatting about a particular faction, how we've used them, how maybe we think they could be used. Um, I'll also do plenty, hopefully, once I can work out the equipment properly because I'm just recording this on my phone, um, interviews and, and discussions with Tom and Richie about the current factions and how they play and... Also the narrative as well, all the fluff behind it, which Richie's mainly in charge of. So we'll we'll talk about where that's going, and they'll they'll leak stuff for us. 
um, on this podcast, hopefully, as well as obviously through the Facebook pages and um, the website. So I'll also talk about, generally, about games we've played. Um, we'll talk about um, tournaments that we've had, any events, things like that. We'll do, we'll do podcasts on those. Um, I hopefully include some interviews with other players. Um, if anyone wants to kind of be on the podcast, just let me know, of course. Um, you can let me know. best way to do that is to, is to um, follow the Ye Oldie Battle Facebook page and message me through that. Um, I'll do podcasts just on individual characters as well, possibly. Particularly when new ones come out, I might do them as uh, look at specific treat boxes. Um, certainly going to do some on scenario play as well and tournament play. Because it's very different playing a scenario in this game to playing in, say, competitive play or playing the standard scenario. Um, the scenarios aren't designed necessarily to be particularly well balanced. Um, they're designed to be tipped in favour of one player, a lot of them, which is kind of fine because they're narrative-based. Because um, one thing you do, again, can say about this game is it's very well balanced. Um, and actually one thing I should like to add, so I'm kind of going back a bit now, but this is it's very much just me talking in this one it's not 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 that well planned as you can probably tell um having talked talk, talking to tom about the preparations for the kickstarter when he released it is it's clearly obvious in this game that it was very well play tested um very very extensively play play, play tested um there's very few changes that needed to be made to any of those characters that come out there are there are some changes being made so faq is coming out in book two but it's very minor um and you can see why. It's a very fair, balanced game. It's been very well tested um, continually. I think that's something that, that that Tom should be really proud of. Um, obviously, it'll be a challenge to see where that balance can be maintained. The more characters you add, the harder it is to do that. Um, certainly, me and Tom message each other most days at the moment talking about different characters and abilities, and then you have to constantly think about, well, okay, we'll add this catastrophe, that's really cool. Oh, what would happen if Shabaroon can do it? Oh, yeah, okay, so we can't have it as that because it just means that he can be murdered by this person immediately. And So there's there's constantly talking and discussion about that, and I know that Tom does a lot of playtesting. Um, me and Dak don't get to do as much as we'd like. That's just a time constraint rather than anything else. Because we have done some playtesting, but... Um, I don't think that's going to be our main our main role. Um, we'll hopefully just stick to doing a lot of promoting on the website. On the website, on the channel. Which we'll continue to keep doing, and I'll keep making these podcasts. And hopefully Moonstone will keep growing, because it's a great game, and it deserves to do well. Um, a lot of effort been put into it. A lot of effort is still being put into it. Uh, and I really hope that it continues, um, because it's such a great game. Sorry, that, that noise you just heard was my daughter on the baby monitor to move away from it hopefully she won't start crying loads i'll have to stop but i'm going to wrap this up in a second anyway it's supposed to be about 20 20 25 minute podcast because it's just me introducing what i'm going to do if you have any requests about what you'd like to hear on it going forward and um, by all means drop me a message as well i've got a plan for the next few um and obviously the the title of each one will be pretty clear what it's about so I hope you enjoyed listening to that. This is my first podcast I've ever recorded, so I apologise if it sounds a bit shoddy, um, but it's the best I can do at the moment. 
I look forward to hopefully doing a few more in the future. And I hope you enjoyed it. And I give up thanks a lot for listening.